Welcome to the Classic Car Corner Podcast. We are proudly sponsored by GD Herring, Classic Car Insurers, providing a range of insurance solutions for your business, your life, and your home. Contact them at gdherring.com for a customized quote. In addition to insurance, GD Herring provides Classic Car appraisal and pre-purchase inspection services. If you are interested in collecting and investing in classic cars, check out my new book, Drop Throttle Oversteer, now available at Amazon in paperback, and an honest review of the book is always greatly appreciated. I'm Jason Painter, and co-hosting today is John Lockhart and Eric Benzel, along with our guest today, Tim Hatzel. And Tim, I'm not going to embarrass you by talking about your flesh-colored 1978 Monte Carlo, <laughs> but your idea True of story. car music on an automotive-related podcast sounded fun, so we're going to talk some song titles and perhaps some trivia behind them. Cannot wait. Absolutely. Tim, welcome in. We are so, we've been excited about tonight for weeks awesome thank we've, you Aaron. we've gone back to the uh archives of all of our music and we're just excited so tim lead us off let's talk about the history of music and how music has influenced cars and cars have influenced music absolutely i think this is going to be a really exciting show as well looking forward to being a part of this and this stuff that we're going to be talking about tonight is dear to my heart not only I'm not at the level of car enthusiast that Jason and you guys might be, but I am. I know a beautiful, sweet car when I see one. And I always think, man, I'd like to have a piece of something like that someday. But my real passion is music. Um, I'm a musician. I've been mm -hmm. playing guitar since I was 12 years old. And I'll date myself by telling you that was back in 1978. Um, and I also got into uh, bluegrass music, jazz. Um, and I took up the banjo and the mandolin. And uh, so, so those three, three instruments have kind of guided me throughout my life. But uh, I would say out of all the genres of music, I am a huge rock and roll fan. And, and who wouldn't be? If you like cars, mm -hmm. you got to like rock and roll cars music. Cars and rock and roll. And they, right. they, just, they just connect so well. Absolutely. So let's think back. Well, we're not old enough to really think back, but we can use our, our visions of watching Happy Days or... Uh, uh, Laverne and Shirley, and, and remember some of the cars that we used to see uh, hanging out around Arnold's. Uh, <laughs> uh, what was it? Arnold's. Uh, yep. Yeah, Diner. Yeah, Diner. Yeah, right, right. American Bandstand. Amer exactly. The movies, American Bandstands, where, where you would see these uh, souped up, beautiful cars rolling in through. But, and you would always hear rock and roll in the background, of course, because this was taking place in the 1950s. And the 50s. Automobiles and music, I think this is sort of the crossroads uh, with rock and roll was the 1950s. Um, why? Because really rock and roll hadn't been invented yet. Um, and, and, and out of World War II, we're talking maybe 10 years out of World War II, along comes uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower with this idea to build this interstate uh, road system between yep. the states. And, uh, you know, people saw opportunity with their automobiles and they saw the open road, that freedom of the open road. And when you think about the freedom of the open road and you hear some song about whether it's a car or driving, mm -hmm. I mean, they just, there's, there's that crossing point, I think. So that's something that is definitely dear to my heart. Um, so that, I think that's sort of the beginnings as we know of rock and roll. Uh, sort of in an early form with, you know, Bill Haley and the Comets and those guys, Elvis Presley later on, really kind of a, a rock, more rockabilly sound. But this would later on be defined. But when I was doing a little bit of preliminary research for tonight's podcast, um, it was really difficult for me to find 
songs about cars in the 1950s, and they're out there, mm -hmm. but they're just nothing that ever that I remember really hearing. Uh, uh, the Hot Rod Lincoln tune, I think, is one that you had mentioned, Jason. And yep. I, Charlie Rod, 1955. 1955, right. Right, in the, right in the heart of it. But if you think back to those popular tunes, the songs that you might have been hearing Elvis play or Bill Haley and the Comets, can you think of a single song that really just jumps right out and hits you? Personally, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm stumping you guys. I'm stumping myself. For me... The, the sound and, and, and that dialogue that centered around cars, at least from my view, didn't really occur until probably the early 1960s with, of course, legendary Beach Boys and well, Jan and Dean, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right, absolutely. right. And as we talk, I think as, as we cover some of this stuff tonight, um, in, the, in the 1960s, you know, the, the genre of music, it was kind of early on in defining it itself, but there was really, you know, it was rock and roll is what it was called. Mm -hmm. I think they started getting these names like surf music or that California sound. Mm -hmm. That would really kind of come later. It wasn't like, I want to invent the California sound. The right. next thing, we're surf and safari, you know? It, so so as we talk about genres, uh, about uh, that California sound or doo-wop, this is stuff that came later. But let, let's just talk about maybe a couple of those Jan and Dean uh, and, and early Beach Boys songs. Uh, I mean, there's like five. Well, yeah, I've got five songs that I came up with from uh, the, the Beach Boys run from about 1962 through you know, like 1964, a two-year period. All right. Came what, up which ones were they? All right. And this is where you're going to have to help me out. But <laughs> I'll try. Okay. So 1962, uh, 409. Okay. Yep. 63, Shutdown. Okay. 1963 again, Little Deuce Coop, and then the big ones that I that, that really stand out is, is that the two that happened in 1964, Fun, 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 and I Get Around. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So here we go. I'll, I'll give you guys a little – you have to just fill in the blank. All right, Eric, we'll start with you. There we go. She'll have fun, fun, fun till her daddy takes the T bird blank. away. The T bird. He said Eric. Away. <laughs> oh. That's Sorry, okay. No, it's, it's a great <laughs> song. Head, it's a great song. I was excited about that. You just Didn't couldn't. Mean to take you just couldn't. No, yeah. it's all right. All right, That's so, right. so I'll slide one to Eric this time. Thanks, John. Here we go. <laughs> Got it. No, no, no. It's good. She's she's my little deuce coupe blank. You don't know what I got. You don't know what I got. That's brilliant. All right. Yes. Now let me ask you a quick question all about right. this. Do you have the Beach Boys? Do you have Jane and Dean? If you don't have Chuck Berry and Maybelline, ah, oh, that's a great point. Yeah, because we just completely crossed over the 1950s, and yes, well, that's there's right. Not much from the that's 50s. Right. You got there's one song, what uh, Little Richard's um, Maybelline, Maybelline. Yeah, why can't you be true? And is it about is is the song actually about a car, or is it about he's driving around, maybe courting? This gal, Maybelline. I don't, I don't know. I've heard it referred to as a driving tune or as a car song. Maybelline, which, or Chuck Berry's uh, Riding Along in My Automobile. There we go. There That's we go. Right. There I, we go. I had my notes backwards. That's right. That Maybelline is truly a car Richard, song. Riding Around in My Automobile. Yeah, truly Chuck. a car song. Chuck, and that defining guitar sound. That and Chuck Berry's the grandfather of, of rock, rock and, and roll. roll. He no is. Question. He totally brought blues yeah. right to rock and brought it to everybody. That's right. In a time when you didn't hear that music. Yeah. Yeah, 
Well, we know when you, we were talking about the Arnold's and the drive-in and, uh, you know, teenagers with their souped-up cars. Don't know how they got the money to do it. None of them had any job. <laughs> it's a mystery to me. But they, had, they had money for hamburgers, milkshakes, and fancy cars. But, you know, they're sitting around the drive-in or, or drive-up, and they're talking with their friends, and they're, they're being us like we were in high school. Mm-hmm. But then when Rock and Roll came out, now they get in a car, they're jamming out, they're sitting in a car, and they're talking, they're singing to each other, kind of like Grease. But, you know, that idea came from somewhere. They, had, know, to, they yep. had to see the teenagers and their, you know, their convertibles and, you know, singing and listen to the radio yeah. and, and rock and roll music. And then I think that cars have evolved as the music, as rock and roll music evolved Evolved. absolutely you know cars got cooler music got cooler Mm -hmm. stereo systems in the cars got cooler that's right that's right oh you know speaking of uh, automobiles and souped up stuff you're talking about movies and whatnot um, or shows i remember i guess it was maybe mid to late 70s when when the movie grease came out it had already been on a, a broadway run in new york and somebody said hey we'll make a movie out of it so here comes Vinny Barbarino, who's on uh, Welcome Back, Cotter, The Sweat Hogs, John Travolta, and, um, and he's starring. He's got a star role now with, uh, alongside Olivia Newton-John in this movie called Grease. And I guess that having a double entendre to like maybe the, the, the grease that, you know, that car guys handle when they're working on their automobile or the grease mm-hmm. that you're putting in your hair. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, so there's just just a few. Sometimes there, but, it's the same grease, right? But that, that's <laughs> right. That's right. But that awesome song, um, "Greased Lightning," mm-hmm. is probably my favorite song on that whole soundtrack. Yeah, oh, just yeah. just the words telling that story. We'll get some overhead lifters and four barrel quads. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's it right. goes on. Palomina dashboard and something custom fins, and he's telling this great story. It gets a little risque. Mm-hmm. You know, the chicks not... will be very excited. <laughs> exactly. <about it>. They <laughs> would be <laughs> very excited. After... It's cool because they're rocking out to the song as they're building their car. <laughs> That's right. Life. Right. That's right. And then when you when you get past that, fan, you, you know, at the end of it, they're back showing that old beat-up car, and it was just a fantasy yep. sequence. Mm-hmm. Yep. Here's what we can do Crazy. to this. But That's right. At That's the same right. time, to me, that was the coolest movie mm-hmm. in the whole, or coolest song in the whole movie. And that has a little bit of that doo-wop feel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it really definitely had that Beach Boys feel to it, the song itself. So, Well, and I guess music trivia for that movie is that a lot of the music in it was from the Broadway show. So yeah. it, has, it played true to doo-wop, and then they said, let's... Uh, Appeal to more people, so you had uh, a song written by the Bee Gees for Frankie Valley. That's right, Greece. That's right. The theme song was the Bee Gees for Frankie Valley, hmm. which Frankie Valley is doo wop. Frankie Valley is yep. this whole period, and that just yep. legitimized the whole movie. You, yeah, you it kind of did. Set the tone. Yeah, good stuff. That's what music does for this. So, in speaking of speaking of movies, um, let's flash back to a, to a scene in American Graffiti. Oh yeah. So you had the guys that were kind of into that California sound that they, they like, you know, the surf music. And there were the old school guys who they didn't want to have anything to do with the surf music. And I remember he said, well, I, I forgot what kind of car I was. He was like driving maybe a teapot style uh, a car or just a real. Agree- You're talking about the yellow one? Yeah, yeah I believe the, that, that was, was a Ford okay. of some sort. Yeah. So I forgot who played that character, but I remember him vividly complaining. He's like, I hate this California music because he wanted to hear, you know, Elvis and Bill Haley and the stuff from the 50s. Gotcha. So he's probably maybe eight or 10 years out of high school, and these guys are still in high school. Mm-hmm. And, but he's. Now, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, Wolfman Jack. 
He was, was in that, yeah. 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 His and voice. He, yeah. Exactly. Now, and he is a popular DJ, is that correct? Yep. He yep. was then. Uh, apparently he was, I mean, I guess he was back then. I remember him in the 70s as a DJ. Okay. I'm sure he was doing stuff in the 60s gotcha. and maybe late 50s as well. Gotcha. But yeah, the, the list of cars that you could see uh, in American Graffiti, they were just beautiful. Well, obviously the the best scene was Suzanne Summers pulling up in the white 55 Thunderbird um, I've got a picture of her that's down right. here somewhere. So, yeah, absolutely. That. Yep. Yeah, that's right. And what was the truck uh, Harrison Ford was driving? Uh, it was a, f- I want to say a 39 Ford. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Or do you know? I think that's right. Yeah. Yep. 39 Ford. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Wow. Sure enough. Well, I've got a question for you, Jason. Being oh, boy. Here, our, All our right. Encyclopedia. Oh, my gosh. All right. Um, in, in some of the Beach Boys songs, you know, she's my little deuce coupe mm-hmm. or, uh, 409 mm-hmm. for for sort of a layman like me when it comes to automobiles would you mind explaining what a 409 well is? that was the cubic inch uh in a chevrolet in a shabby yeah okay. that was the block size okay. yeah right. so that's that's exactly what that referred to okay yep. and what about deuce what what are we referring deuce coupe what are we talking about uh, uh well two-door coupe. okay yep. two-door okay. two-door coupe two-door yep. coupe Yep. Okay. The 409 was not the cleaning formula. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I figured that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the deuce coupe. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure we're yep. on the same page with that. Um, now, if you're talking about three deuces, that would be th- uh, three carburetors. Yeah. Yeah. Three two barrel yep. carburetors. Exactly. In a row. Yep. Okay. That's yep. exactly right. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Um, what about Jan, Jan and Dean? Here we go with, with these guys coming out around the same time. Um, I know that I think there was some influence by, although they were kind of coming out around, around the same time, I think Jan and Dean might have had a hit maybe before uh, the, the Beach Boys did officially with, with some sort of a surf song, and then, and then the Beach Boys came up with that song, Surfing, uh, which was really their first, that kind of put them on the radio there, especially in that local area. But Jan and Dean, the little old lady from Pasadena. Pasadena. Yeah. 63 in 1964, Dead Man's Curve, and Drag City. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So when you think of uh, car music, I mean, here's two California bands. They're just all over it. You know, the surfing thing, the car theme. We're talking about, you know, golden tan, blonde chicks up and down the beach. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just paints a picture for well, you. I don't know if uh, the the series, was it Widget? Yeah, the yeah, Sally Field. Sally Field widget when she Gidget. Was... Gidget. 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 There you go. <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Gidget. I wonder, you know, that whole California beach, you know, they're always hanging out at the beach doing that kind of stuff. The music, yep. you know, it all, it all built it. It's like yeah. a snowball. Effect. Absolutely. That's right. Teenagers. Well, yeah. well, and you think of Jan and Dean, how many, I mean, until you actually learned who did it. Who thought that Jan and Dean was also the Beach Boys at first? Right, yeah. totally. Because the Beach Boys came out, had more hit, had more music, yeah. And then they came out, and I guess you, Tim, you can confirm this. Surf music was basically because they were from California. Yeah. So we're gonna call these bands that come from California. Uh, they're the surf, surf, surf music. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they talk about it, but that's what they see. Yeah, and surfing, surfing had been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think there's there's rec, rec, this stuff goes way back to uh, uh, the indigenous people of you know, of course, Hawaii Polynesia. and Polynesia. Yeah, mm-hmm. Polynesia, exactly. Um, so it had been around forever as as a means of of transportation and and fishing and and whatnot. Uh, but I think 
as uh, maybe around the 40s, uh, mid 40s. It was it post-World was, War II. Yeah, it was kind of, it was a little bit isolated up the coast of California, but it got really, really big. Um, I would say 50s, really. It got really, really big in the late 50s and early 60s. Uh, Dennis uh, Wilson, the drummer of the Beach Boys, so the Beach Boys, three brothers and a cousin, Mike Love, and then their good friend Al Jardine. Not Al Jardo, Al, Al Jarreau. Al, Al Jardine, okay. Get it mixed up. Al Jarreau. Uh, no, Al Jardine. So, so Dennis, the oldest brother of the Wilson brothers, he had pointed out, he's like, hey, you want something to write about? Well, surfing's getting really big right now. Why don't we write something about surfing? And sure enough, Mike Love and Brian Wilson sat down, came up with the lyrics to surfing, and uh, boom, the rest was and born. That, but yeah. out of that, the car songs, mm-hmm. you have to talk about a car Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, real quick, Jason, another question yeah. for you. Little GTO. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, and that could be right up there with a Beach Boys sound, uh, Jan and Dean. They all that, they, they sound so familiar. But this was by Ronnie and the Daytonas. Mm-hmm. What is a GTO? Now, I know what it is, but for our audience, it might be <clears throat> what exactly it is. Well, uh, there's three answers to that question. So, um, Pontiac borrowed the GTO. Uh, Gran Turismo Almogato from Ferrari. But uh, the actual GTO stands for Grand Tempest Option because Pontiac made a Tempest, and the Tempest was a very large car. And so when they beefed it up, made it a little bit more sporty, um, they put GTO on there as the Grand Tempest Option. Uh, but my, my wife likes to call it girls take over. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So anyhow, but um, yeah, that's that's what that stands for. Sure enough. Well, I yeah. heard in high school from an old, uh, I was a freshman, one of my sister's friends who was a senior, um, I he had a GTO and I asked him, I said, hey, Roger, Pontiac GTO, what's the GTO stand for? And I'll tell you, this is going to be a little off color, but he said, Girls top off. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Boy, I get it. Okay. At times, I'm sure that applies. Uh, it may have. Exactly. That's exactly right. That's awesome. So if you go back uh, to be confused between the Beach Boys and Jan and Dean about little old lady from Pasadena. Oh yeah. I will admit, I would have thought that was the Beach Boys. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. I was. I was. I used to work with a guy that was a huge Beach Boys fan. So when we worked together, he always listened to the Beach Boys. I'm not a big fan of the Beach Boys. It's just not my kind of music. Got it. Yeah. I can appreciate it, yep. but it's you know it's just not my thing. So uh, it's funny that we are talking about the Beach Boys because I'm the first person that popped in my head was this guy Fred that I used to work with. Well, I thought Dead Man's Curve was the Beach Boys yeah. until they said that's Jan and Dean. I'm like, hmm? absolutely. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, Little GTO was the Beach Boys. You know, um, I mean, who would know different? Just they had that sound. Here's here's where these guys got musically influenced. I'll just give you a quick little trivia. On, on the influence of the Beach Boys, Jan and Dean, and Ronnie the Daytonas. Very cool. Um, the Everly Brothers, uh, back in the late 50s, well, I guess mid-50s, up to the early 60s, maybe late 50s, early 60s, well, mid, late 50s probably, um, they, they sang with such a real close harmony. Um, you listen to an Everly Brothers song, um, Wake Up Little Susie. You know, th- when you listen to the harmonies, that these guys have. They're such good vocal musicians. Um, of course, being brothers just a year, year and a half apart, 
these guys kind of knew each other and they knew, you know, how to sing well together since the, the ripe old age of probably five. And then here they are in their late teens getting these record deals. And, and already they're both talented, accomplished musicians uh, and guitarists. Um, but people just gravitated to that, to that sound. Uh, so when you had a, a band of talented vocalists like the Beach Boys, I mean, Brian Wilson and Carl Wilson with Mike Love and Al Giardo, those guys made beautiful harmonies. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they came along, at the same time around the Beatles, when they were breaking out and, and crossing the big pond from, from England, um, the first, I, I heard a story about um, when... I believe it was Paul McCartney had first the first time he heard the beat uh, the, the uh, Beach Boys he was blown away at just how well they harmonized and and he said their album the Pet Sounds album mm-hmm. was like his favorite album of the 1960s decade because it was just and he's like okay we've got to get in the studio and we've got to try to do something like they're doing and they just couldn't you know do it with those harmonies that that the Beach Boys were laying down so little trivia there wow, that album cool. influenced them to do Sgt Pepper that's right. Yeah, it did. That, I, I now if remember. If it weren't for the Beach Boys, you wouldn't have had the experimental sounds from Sgt. Pepper. Yeah. If you listen to Pet Sounds, it'll blow your mind away. That, it's a great album. That this is the Beach Boys. This is fun, fun, fun. There's a lot of really deep, deep, intricate music that's in there, and it's worth anybody listening to go and listen to it. It's amazing. Yeah. If my wife was here, she could uh, school us all on Beatles. Really? She's Beatles. the Beatles gig? She is. So what's one she of the Beatles too? Anything too? and everything about. So the if Beatles. she were here and we were to ask your wife, whose name is Nikki, 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 name me one Beatles song about a car. Could she do uh, it? Was it "Baby, You Want to Drive My Car"? Baby, you can drive my or car. Baby, you can drive my car. There yep. you go. Uh, that oh yeah. And there may be more out there, but can you all think of any other Beatles songs about a car? That was my well, reaction too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Abby, I mean, Abby, a... Abby Lane, Abby Road, Abby Road. The album? No, the uh, the song. Is Abby Road a song? No, it's a recording studio. Penny Lane. Penny Lane. Sorry. Oh, there Penny we go. Lane. Penny Lane. <laughs> Penny Lane. <laughs> well, Penny Lane's a place as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's, as far as cars and a road. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's really, really not. There's a lot of dots I'm connecting on here. You'd think I was just, you know, partying with them at the uh, Rosh uh, Ashram over here as they were getting, uh, you know, the Dalai Lama was feeding him a little uh, hashish over exactly. here. Exactly. Trying to connect dots. Exactly. Well, here, here's one not. for you. Tell me who sang. So, what do we say? Baby can drive my car, the Beatles. That's right. That was 1965. And I'll go in order here. By 1966, a guy by the name of Wilson Pickett, the great Wilson Pickett, comes up with a song. And, Jason, you better get this one. You You ready? Hit me. Mustang Sally. Oh, my gosh. Nailed it. Yeah. What a great song. Mustang Sally. All right. So uh, it's the snappiest drum snare. Yeah. That's great. Who that drummer, by the way, I forget his name. Uh, He did the shuffle thing, and he's known uh, through the Motown scene of, of being kind of the, the, the father that invented this little Motown shuffle feel. Anyway, and I just can't remember his name. Hmm. So, well, but we'll stick to cars, not music. Mustang Sally, <laughs> uh, how many renditions of that song, uh, names, restaurants, products have used like Mustang, Mustang Sally, Sally, Matchbox right. cars, 
Hot Wheels. Ford yeah. created a car. No, that's not true. <laughs> that's yes. not true. One of the most probably iconic songs ever about a car. It must it's a great so, tune. I, you, you'd be hard to find anyone that doesn't know that song. Right, right. And and the words, the phrases are just so simple. You know, with the chorus, all you want to do is ride around Sally. Ride, Sally, ride. That's right. All right, so, so next. Uh, 1966, same year. Who can tell me a song by the great Chuck Berry, grandfather of rock and roll, that came out that same year. Anybody? No particular place to go. That's right. Oh, now that's okay. just a laid back song. Riding yeah. around in my automobile. That's right. I mean, how simple does Freezing. it get? Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the, it starts off. Chuck Berry riff. Yep. Stops. Riding around in my automobile. It's a great song. And then it goes. Then the beat kicks right in there and turn it up. Yep. That's, that's right. right. When you're turning it up. There you go. Back in the day, you're hitting your little booster. That's right. Well, you know, it's one of those songs that you can't help but not love. And I'll tell you this. Chuck Berry did a lot of riding around in his automobile for two reasons, especially later on in the, in the 70s. Chuck did not like to fly. Chuck preferred to drive his own car, so I'm sure he had some gorgeous, you know, ragtop, red, long Cadillac mm-hmm. or, or uh, a deuce and a quarter. I don't know. Yeah. Um, nevertheless, he, he didn't. Like to spend money on flying, was afraid of flying, and he didn't like to spend money on a, on having his own band. So what he would do is he got bigger and bigger, and this is really kind of getting up into the early seventies. He would find these music union guys that said, "Hey, I'm going to send you my charts, or I'm going to show up on a Tuesday night or a Thursday night. I want you to have these charts done and ready to go, polished by showtime, eight o'clock on a Friday. We're not even going to do a rough." We're just going to go in, and you're going to play it. So listen to my songs, read the charts, and you'll be fine. And that's what he would did. So he would show up, and it's you know curtain time, or it's time to open the curtains, and Chuck's walking on stage, yells at the band for a couple, you know, maybe they might warm up for a few minutes, but anyway, um, raising hell with them, yelling at them, and the next thing, they're playing Riding Around in My Automobile or any of those Chuck Berry hits, wow. and that was, that was his thing. That's so, awesome. Uh, wow. Yeah. yeah. But and that that's not an easy task. For, not for the for musician. The non, for the non-musician out there. I mean, you're basically reading music that you probably haven't seen. You may right. have heard, but you haven't seen. And you don't, I mean, you're not really turning pages. It's not like an orchestra. You don't really have that kind of right. time to, it's it's popping right now. And Chuck Berry wants a tight ship. There's That's documentaries right. on how he was ruthless yeah. when it came to running bands. Oh yeah, if you missed a note or whatever, he could he could had the had the option to stiff you out of your pay for that night or dock you at least. But uh, yeah, huh. he was he was a tough cookie to work with. So they said, how cool would that be back in the you know the late fifties right. or mid sixties? And you're you know you're going to dinner and Chuck Berry's in town and he's just driving down. Going to his gig with his top down, with his guitar in the back. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. He's ready to go to work. Well, that's I think right. rumor has it doesn't Jimmy Buffett fly himself to the airport? Yeah, and at sings one time. Yeah, at goes, one time he was flying himself airport, around. Yeah, flies himself back. He's yeah, a, he is a pilot. <laughs> when you got like that's right. eight billion dollars, you can you can, you can do, do that, that kind of stuff. I got you. Yeah, making money off parrots and margaritas. Yeah, that's and right. Come Absolutely. On. Why didn't I think of that? Yeah. Genius idea. <laughs> Cheeseburgers and margaritas. Yeah, and flip flops. <laughs> I know I've had a few of his concoctions. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, 1960s, we're kind of wrapping up that decade. Uh, there's one other one other musician that kind of stands out 
to me that I just thought I would mention uh, kind of as an honorable mention and not so much, of course, for his for his work as a musician, but he was also a very successful record producer. His name is Herb Alpert. And and the um, the the record label was A&M Records. And uh, they were out for a long, long time. And, And Herb is still alive today. He has retired many, many times over and is just a you know, I'm sure he's in the billions by now. But but very big successes with all the work he did as a record producer, um, getting famous people to, you know, getting them on the charts and whatnot. But he had a big hit. And it was Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass. So the song that I'm thinking of is called Tijuana Taxi. I, I wish I could play a soundbite of it, but if you get a chance, go home and YouTube it or pull it up somewhere, and uh, you'll find out that you've heard this song before, but Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass, that tune I'd like for you to listen to is Tijuana Taxi. So, I say, you stumped me on that one because yeah, I, uh, yep. I've never heard of it. So I, I was just thinking before you said that, I'm going to have to uh, pull that up and check that out. You will. And what will happen is you'll actually end up listening to some other Herb Albert tunes. You're like, oh, this sounds like the dating game song. Or, oh, it is the dating <laughs> right, game song. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's great. So, Tim... Uh, we we want to thank you so much for being on the show so far today. Absolutely, we would love to invite you to come back, and let's continue on to uh, the seventies, the eighties, the nineties. Oh, that sounds and great! Today. I would love to. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right, Jason, so much. Yes. take us home. All right, so uh, thanks for joining us here at the Classic Car Corner podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, like us on Facebook, subscribe so you are notified of new shows, and please leave us a review. Your reviews are the most powerful way you can help us reach more people. Thanks for listening, and until next time, happy motoring from your friends at the Classic Car Corner Podcast.